0: Welcome to Football on the Rocks, the number one fantasy football and whiskey podcast where we pour ourselves a glass and help you dominate the competition. Join us over the next few weeks as we prepare for the 2021 football season and walk you through our ultimate mock draft, position by position rankings, draft strategies, and everything else you'll need to prepare for the start of the season. So pour yourself a glass And join three fantasy football experts and whiskey enthusiasts as we guide you to the fantasy football promised land. Hello and welcome to Football on the Rocks. I'm Joe Neehoff, your host. Today I'm drinking Woodford on the Rocks, the typical go-to for me. It's in the decanter. Delicious. Um, I'm joined by my two colleagues, John and Bobby. Uh, John, what do you got tonight?
1: I'm finishing up the Maker's Mark wood finish series, the F A O one. This time with just the ice ball, makes um, a little bit smoother, but it's, it takes a bit of the flavor away. I think I still like it neat the most.
0: So at the end of the day, the neat is the way to go if you want some flavor. If you just want to enjoy a drink and have it take a little bit of the edge off, it sounds. What would you be your favorite then? If you just want to take some of the edge off.
1: Probably just with some water.
0: Okay, so on the rocks or on an ice ball is not necessary. That's what I'm hearing from you. Uh, And everybody has their own taste. I think I'll forever do things on the rocks, but that's just me. Bobby, what do you got?
2: So, you know what? I decided that I was going to have an old-fashioned tonight. So today I have an old-fashioned.
0: This seems. Are you sure? Are you healthy? Do you feel okay?
2: So, there's a brewery. Oh God! In Elk River, Minnesota, called Ayer Brewing. Um, it's actually named after the the brewer to the Norse gods, and they <laughs> made a barrel-aged, old-fashioned beer, and it tastes like an old-fashioned.
0: You are. And Something so ice.
2: I am drinking an old fashioned by Ayer Brewing.
0: Did you at least put it on the rocks?
2: No. Why would you put ice in beer, Joe? I,
0: well, I mean, because it's. A, oh God, you I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. John, I think I gotta slap him. I'm. I think I'm. I'm ready to slap him. I'm okay. Anyway, we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. We're gonna. We're gonna forget that this even happened. We're gonna move on. Uh, John, why don't you take it with the wide receiver tiers? Here we are tonight talking about wide receivers. John, I'm going to let you start.
1: Yeah, so it looks like everyone has the same people in the top shelf tier. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins. The only one who really changes anything up is me and Joe both have Ridley in the top shelf, while Bobby, you have him as your sixth overall wide receiver in the super premium. Is there a reason why you're lower on Calvin this year?
2: Um, just because I think, is looking at the guys that are in that top tier, in that uh, top shelf aspect of things, at Tyree Kill, great quarterback; Devontae Adams, great quarterback; Stefan Diggs, great quarterback; Andrew Hawkins, great quarterback, and then we got Matt Ryan. I guess I just don't trust Matt Ryan. Uh, the the target share is going to be there to make it so that he is definitely right at that cusp. I mean, I have him, um, like you said, at, at six. I think I really should. Uh, I, I didn't send out my updated rank to you here, but he's at five now. Um, I wouldn't blame anybody for making any adjustments there in terms of taking Ridley over like Hopkins or, or even Diggs. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And he does have a, a – a, I mean, he was the fifth wide receiver last year. He had 18.8 points per game, um, 1,300 yards. You're not going to, you know, shake uh, – like, turn up your nose to any of that at all. Um, so that that's just one guy you're kind of splitting hairs with in terms of
1: uh, one tier versus the next. Um, I think when I look at Ridley – I mean, last year we found out he was dealing with a foot injury for almost the entire year. This reason this season he doesn't have Julio to compete with, so he's the number one target. I think you could maybe worry about him getting double teamed, but I think, you know, Julio was out for a good chunk of last year. So I, I think we've kind of seen him seen him get double teamed and seen kind of him produce even with that coverage on it. So, for me, I think he's moving maybe even above Hopkins this year as maybe my fourth, maybe my fourth overall receiver. I think he's kind of that back end first round, early second round, and where you can target him. Yeah. And
2: and I don't, I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't blame anybody. He definitely is going to have that. that target share is going to be very massive for him, uh, especially given what Ridley's going to be looking at in terms of you know the competition that he will have for targets. Um, every, every account that I'm hearing is that A.J. Green is looking like vintage A.J. Green. Um, so, I mean, he could come out and, uh, and produce just as well and, and take some targets away. Whereas Calvin Ridley, there's not a lot of competition there. Um, Calvin really does have a fairly favorable schedule as well when it comes to, uh, the season going through. Um, it's not a super easy schedule, but I mean, we're looking at probably somewhere in the 10 to 12 ranked, uh, schedule, especially starting out, he gets Philadelphia, we saw what they could do in the preseason. They're not very good. Um, And then, you know, later on in the season, he gets uh, Detroit in week 16, which if you're already looking that far ahead um, week 16 with a a favorable matchup, maybe get you to the championship uh, round just based off of that kind of thing. So he's, he should be definitely considered within that top five for sure. I just have them ranked down because of that consideration of like, hey, is he going to get double teamed? Is, you know, What's that offense really going to look like with Julio gone?
0: Uh, I got just a quick point on it. I think it's kind of funny that Bobby says that Matt Ryan's not a very good quarterback when he thinks that Kirk Cousins could be a good steal in fantasy football because they're basically the same thing. Uh, but that's just my thing. Uh, the other thing I want to say about this, I, I'm with you, John. I think that Ridley could have a better season than what he has had in the past because of those reasons. And Oh, by the way, they may not be the sorry jets. They may not be the lowly lions, but they're pretty much the freaking awful Falcons, right? So they're going to be losing games. They're going to be behind. They're going to play catch up. They're going to have to throw the ball. And you know, really is going to get a lot of attention from that. So, you know, even if it's the slot points that he's getting at the end of games, I I still think he's going to be a pretty good pick depending on where you're getting him at. So, I do think he's a good spot to round out that top tier because after him, you know, after him, I think there's a separation to the type of player you're getting. And what I mean by that is, if if it's not, if it's not that they're just a stud, right? You know, you look at, I think everybody would agree, our pappy in the wide receiver group is Adams, right? So you look at Adams, he's by himself, he's a talent, he's got a good quarterback. You got Hill, he's by himself, he's a talent, got a good quarterback, right? And you start working down those lists. Well, after you get past Ridley, in my opinion, it starts to be either the quarterback maybe isn't the 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 guy you want, like Bobby just argued, or maybe it's more of they're sharing the load, right? Because so, just Justin Jefferson's in that next tier for me, and he's got Thielen there, right? So that th- that's where I think the separation begins in a lot of those tiers. But John, go ahead and take it take it away from there.
1: Yeah, I think we all – now that we know Rodgers is there, I think Adams is solemnly the number one. I think Ridley has that – he could – he has the upside that he could be the number one wide receiver at the end of the year. And then okay, we get to our super premium second tier, and that's where a lot of the guys we have are more similar. D.K., Justin Jefferson, C.D., A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, um, Allen Robinson. Um, but I think – Someone to kind of highlight in this tier, who we all have, is CD Lamb. Me and Bobby have him kind of around the same place as wide receiver eight, wide receiver nine. Joey, you're the only one who has him ranked lower than Amari Cooper. Who's that? CD Lamb. CD Lamb.
0: You like? Yeah, Cooper and I do. So, do you want me? Well, I'll explain it. Um, so, I don't know if you guys know. If you, I'm sure you guys have paid attention to some of this stuff, but in Dallas's camp they've moved michael Gallup to their slot position he's been taking more reps there at slot um, and CD lamb's gone back to the outside so the reason why that's part of the reason why I've moved Amari cooper in my rankings ahead of uh, uh CD lamb uh, because cooper is still probably their best outside receiver i mean it's not like you're gonna go it's not like he's regressed in the time that he's been there he's probably actually gotten better with better quarterback play and just better usage. Um CD Lamb moving to the outside is probably more of a natural position for him because I don't know that he was really built for the slot. Um but I just think he may have less opportunities in a on a, in an outside position versus what he would in the slot. And now part of the reason why they move him to out of the slot that doesn't mean he's not going to have any slot receptions, but part of the reason why they move him out is because now he's He's clear cut number two wide receiver moving to the outside on a two wide receiver side. He's going to be in the game. So the other argument is he's going to get more opportunities. I just think personally that if I'm looking between CD lamb and Amari Cooper, and they're both going to have the same amount of opportunities and they're both going to be playing very similar positions as far as where they line up on the field. I just think I'm going to go with the, the guy that I know of as being more consistent from a standpoint of he's been in league, league longer been with Dak longer, knows the system better, whatever you want to call it. So I favor Amari Cooper. So, the so what
2: I'm hearing is that John likes Lamb more than Cooper. Joe likes Cooper more than Lamb. So is that
0: a Blanton's bet right there? A Blanton's bet. Well, I probably called it a long bet. It doesn't mean that we're uh, first. Doesn't mean that we're actually that's betting a bottle Blanton's on just I mean, that one. No, this, no, for, this is the season long
1: Blanton's board. You yeah, know,
0: for
2: a Blanton's board that we got going on. Yeah, so it sounds like John is on the side of Lamb.
0: Joe, yeah. you like Cooper? I, I mean, it seems a logical bet to make. I, I will make the bet only because John and I don't have one yet. I don't think because <laughs> Bobby I think has been involved in every trade. I think this more likely will be a losing a losing bet for me because I am I I'm a I'm taking the stance here saying that I'm taking it's more of a bold prediction um not something that i'm like super confident he's going to be worse does that make sense like i think it's going to be reasonably close between those two um, so i'll i'll take the bet john if you want to if you want to put it down
1: yeah i'm in mean, i don't think it's a bold prediction to say cooper's what is going to outperform cd i think i look at cd as his potential upside i think we know what i think we know what amari's going to do he's going to have 80 to 90 catches for about a thousand yards and six to eight touchdowns yeah so he's like he's your safe bet you know what he's gonna do i think with cd he has that just elite athleticism that he could like he could easily next year be a first round wide receiver based on how he plays this year and i look at those second tier guys of i think cd's still safe with a good floor but i look at he just has a higher upside, and I rather, you know, use a second round pick to go with that high upside guy. Yeah, and so honestly, it-
0: so I think what you just said there is a really good point because for me, I don't think I'm taking either CD or Cooper in the second round. So, so second round pick, like, yeah, I I agree. Like, if I'm looking at a second round pick, I want higher upside. I'm probably looking second round wide receiver. Um, between those two, I I just wouldn't pick them. I'd go somewhere else. I go hopefully running back, maybe even maybe even Waller if i no i take that back i replace that cuz i'm not going to take a tight end second round um unless it's you know really special um so yeah so i think those guys to me are almost third rounders they're close they're definitely close uh, and they're adp wise it man. seems
2: like lamb and cooper are going third round sometimes they can slip even into the fourth but that's about the range they're going is yeah. is kind of pick 25 to 40. It's anywhere in that range. You're not really reaching too much on grabbing one of those two guys who are going to be in a high octane offense with a bad defense. Sure. Um, so just to go over our, our, uh, Blanton's board that we have real quick. Cause I, Joe's like, Hey, Joe's not really in a lot of bets. Um, right now I'm just going to go through a quick, um, we have Eckler versus Chubb. That's me versus Joe there. Um, we have uh, Damian Harris as a top 20 running back. Joe says he is. John says no. And then we also have Chris Carson as a top 24 running back. John says yes. I say no. Um, looking at the tight end position, we had that Kyle Pitts uh, bet, Joe. That's 184.5 points. Uh, you say over, I say under on the season. Uh, we had two other tight end bets i said hawkinson's a top six tight end joe you said that he won't be and then me and john had a tanyan bet as a top 12 so as a starting tight end at the end of the season john says yes i say no Uh, at the wide receiver position this is the last ones that we have a couple bets in Um, we got aj brown that's my guy versus julio with joe and uh, then we got cooper versus lamb uh, so that's kind of where things sit in terms of our Blanton's board at this point. Um, we're all right in the same range in terms of the number of bets that we're in on Joe. That's your sixth bet. John, you're in on four. Now I'm in on six as well. So we'll, we'll kind of try and keep it as even as we can over the course of the season, see what we can do to, to, to balance that out as time goes on. And this will be a fun little board that we'll have going on for the whole year.
1: Yeah, I like
0: it. All right, what's next on our tiers here, John?
1: Yeah, so if we go in – so I think the the tier two, we kind of all end around, you know, Allen Robinson, kind of Terry McLaurin of looking at those guys who are probably in kind of round two, round three. For – once we get into the premium tier – I think the guys we're looking at are kind of the Robert Woods, me and Bobby have Amari Cooper down in tier three, Joey have him in tier two. Um Cooper Cup, Terry McLaurin, I have down in tier three. I think both of you have him in tier two. I
2: got I got Cup in th- in uh in this uh premium tier here, that third one that we're talking about. Um one guy that I wanted to talk a little bit more about in this tier. Is Deontay Johnson? I know I made a big deal about him when we did our um, did our initial ultimate mock draft, but he's a guy that he was getting targeted and and uh, and his statistics are I, I can't say they're the same, but the amount of opportunity that Deontay Johnson is getting afforded is the same as some of those. Uh, top shelf guys that we're talking about. Um, he, he matches up actually pretty well with Tyreek Hill um, in terms of some of the opportunities that he's afforded in that offense. Now Pittsburgh is a team that uh, had three viable wide receivers at one point in the year, uh, but they all none of them really separated themselves out as this elite wide receiver. Um they're all somewhere in that 20 to 30 range at the end of the year in terms of this their statistics and everything else. And so Johnson I think is a guy that can really break that mold this year and separate himself out uh as a guy that next year we'll probably be talking about in that like Keenan Allen, uh Justin Jefferson kind of a range uh that that second round kind of a pick and you're be- Probably going to be able to get him in the fourth or fifth round in a lot of drafts.
0: I think your dog bunker just stated everything we needed to hear on that. Just the nonsense that I'm spewing. I a little bit like not that Deontay or Deontay Johnson is a bad pick. Okay, so let me let me clarify that first of all. I don't think he is, and I do have him. I think in a similar tier there.
1: I think you you guys have him ranked exactly the same. Same tier, same pick.
0: Right, but I think the way Bobby thinks about him and talks it talks it up like that he's Tyreek Hill level of opportunity. Okay, like, that's just that doesn't exist. Um, and and why why I say that doesn't exist? Yeah, sure he could have the same number of targets if that's what you're you're solely looking at, but the things that like the 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 little pieces that you you probably won't find on the statistics are like okay, let's say we get the same number of targets. No, but that's what I'm saying, Joe. He
2: he got more targets than Tyreek Hill. So, can I he had 144 my targets last year? Can I finish he my had, point? You just, Tyree you just Kill made this huge catches. He hey. had 88. Hey. I mean, the, the opportunity hey, is there for him to hey, break you. out and hey, have a you. great season. I need
0: you to stop talking so I can finish what I'm saying. All right. So, I'm saying it's not the same opportunity. He could have more targets, Bobby. He could have more catches in this example. I'm just saying, I don't think it's the same opportunity. Because the things that you don't – like you're not going to see or whatever in just looking at statistics every time is how many times that Tyreek Hill caught an 80-yard touchdown from his quarterback because his quarterback can still throw it more than 50 yards in the air. Okay, That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. I don't think the opportunity is the same, and it's not even close to the same because the offenses are different. Pittsburgh will run the ball more than they'll – well, I shouldn't say that because sometimes they have to throw it if they're losing. But Pittsburgh's team is built to be a running team with a really good defense, and a quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. So what does that mean? That means they're not going to take a lot of risks throwing the ball downfield. They're going to be more short passes. The wide receiver's going to have to make a lot of plays off of those, those short pra- passes versus taking big risks doing big, long throws. So the is not the same, but he's still no, okay. a good Joe, pick. He's Joe. still a good wide receiver, good pick. I think your nonsense is – thinking of him in that way and letting our listeners know that that's the way he may be able to play he's just not he's not going to be a top he's not going to be a top 12 wide receiver i don't think he'll i, I you know he'll be maybe top 15 but I, right. he's not a top 12 wide receiver
2: right i'm not, saying he's not a I'm he's not saying, a wide
0: receiver one
2: and i'm not saying that he that he necessarily will finish as a wide receiver one but he is getting targeted like a wide receiver one He is the wide receiver one of that offense. He had 144 targets last year. He had more targets than Juju and more targets than Claypool. He's getting 144 targets. Other guys getting similar targets. Keenan Allen with 147 last year. Tyreek Hill, 135. Devontae Adams, 149. The opportunity for him to have success is similar to in that way that he is getting the
0: ball thrown to him at a high volume. Okay, but Juju missed time, and Claypool is a rookie and wasn't that heavily involved in the offense at the very onset. Now he scored some touchdowns early on, but he, this year Claypool, in my prediction, will have more targets, take some of those away. So will Juju. I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's a bad pick. I'm saying the way you're looking at his, potent, his upside is overrated. You're overrating his upside. His yeah. floor is great. He's gonna get six, maybe six catches a game. So his floor is fantastic, right? So Nobody you're telling me about I can, you taking him I can that automatically
2: spot. get it essentially. If I let's say he catches, you're saying it. Oh, he leave a game with six catches a game,
1: right? right?
2: That's probably at least forty yards. Let's say so. I'm getting to what you're saying. I'm getting about ten points at minimum per game out of a guy. Yeah,
0: yeah. Why wouldn't I want that? Okay, so where's 170 points on the on, on the list of total points for a wide receiver last year? In a, in a full PPR?
2: Yeah. 170, that's what wide receiver that, 20? That is just um No, it's way down no down there. touchdowns.
0: And, and I just we're okay, barely give, them, give them, counting any give yards. Give him 60 so. extra points worth of touchdown. So give him fucking 10 touchdowns, 100 uh, so 170 plus 6 or plus 60 more points for 10 10, 10 touchdowns, right? Is that right? 230 we're saying let's 230 yeah so where is that rank go?
2: wide receiver 16
0: okay so i'm still right he's still not a wide receiver 1 even at those numbers i'm bobby, not saying again, that he I'm no not i'm not saying, saying, saying he's a bad he pick Yo, he's no he's a good pick stop i'm just stop. saying you're upside on him bobby 10 touchdowns you six catches a game so you're you drafting know, 40 a 40 yard average per game that wide receiver is not like so, that's a good wide receiver but he's not like a guy you're looking at saying I could have a wide receiver one on my hand. Yeah you do though.
2: No you don't. You, you like, have your second wide it. receiver probably it's he's probably going to be the second wide receiver that people are drafting and you're going to tell me that I'm going to have a solid wide receiver
0: two as my second wide receiver. Give me that all day. Bobby, I I agree with you on that. I'm disagree with you on the fact that he's an upside to be a wide receiver one. I don't think he does. That's my only point. Did I ever say that? Yes, you no. just did. No, I didn't. Okay. And never. I yeah. roll the tape back getting targeted
2: and Let's roll the, the tape opportunities back that are similar.
1: So to I wide I think...
2: receivers that are in those upper tiers. He had more opportunity. He had two less catches than Calvin Ridley last season. So the opportunity and he had one more target. He had Opportunity that the target share, the ability to have success, is there for him.
0: I think
1: you just
2: defined up over someone like Mike Evans. So, Bobby got 109 targets last year.
1: Bobby, to wrap this up, I'm going to give you some more stats because, like you, I believe in stats. So, Johnson's average yard per catch was 10.5 but yeah. about 40% of his yards on his catches were yards after catch. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's – he his yard per catch was already low, and he's getting a lot of that on yards after the catch. Right. So, I mean, he's, he's not getting – I think that does limit his upside. And I worry a little bit about kind of Pittsburgh receivers coming back with Najee Harris. I mean, they still have a bad offensive yes. line. But with, you know, James Conner was just garbage last year and they really didn't have any running game. I think that they're going to try and get back to that to um, kind of help their offensive line and also help their defense. So I could, see, I could see all the Pittsburgh wide receivers kind of ending up around wide receiver 30 and none of them really separating or, you know, one of them could hit. But I'm, I don't know that I'm convinced on any of them. Really right. my point my
2: point is that you're probably drafting Johnson as the twenty fifth, twenty-eighth, uh maybe as high as like twenty second um wide receiver off the board. But his floor is better than that. I mean, I'd rather have Deontay Johnson than Adam Thielen. I'd rather have him than Tyler Lockett.
0: And I think those are arguable. I think I'd probably favor with you on both of those, but, but okay. that's not the point I'm trying not- to make Bobby. The point I'm trying to make is when you, when you compared him, when it came out of your mouth, you said he's got Tyreek Hill type opportunities. Yep. Is basically. Joe, 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 saying statistics he has Say
2: that. Giant
0: opportunity
2: means targets, Joe. He got more targets than him. He has the opportunity to score points at the same rate as someone who is going in that top tier, he's getting targeted more than Tyreek Hill was last season. He had more catches than Tyree Kill did last year. Yeah, Tyree Hill is a much different wide receiver in that if if the Chiefs are on their own two-yard line or if they're at the 50, you know, wherever they are on the field, Tyree Kill has the opportunity to score a touchdown. So he's, he's got a very different skill set in terms of what he can do, right? But the opportunities afforded to these players by virtue of the way that their offense is run, they're getting the same amount of chances
0: to do something with the ball. But their chances are not. The, the, okay, the same amount of chances. Sure. Yeah, but the chances like of producing are not the same. Does that make sense? Or am I the only one that understands this? Because I think we've beat this horse. Yeah, and so I feel like there could be a, a a bet here between me and you, Bobby. But I like, mean, but you, you, guys him, it, you guys have him.
1: You guys have him ranked the exact same. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't know what the bet would be, but you guys have him ranked the exact yeah, same. It's tough. I to bet someone, I guess if we're the someone who I'd like to compare him to, who's also who's at the top of my premium tier, you guys have have him ranked a bit lower as Robert Woods. I think if you look at Robert Woods, he has similar. Stats to Johnson. He has, nine, he had 90 receptions, 936 yards. He had 129 targets, and he had almost 500 yards after the catch. And I think you look at what the Rams – the Rams should have better quarterback play. Hopefully they have more consistent um, consistency in the running game. But if you look back to kind of 2018 for Woods when they had a better offense and Goff was playing at a consistent level – his yards per catch was 14.1, which was three and a half higher than it was this year. I think with a better quarterback and if the offense is, if the offense is working better with uh, Henderson and now Michelle on the team, I think he could, he could easily get that yard per reception up to around the 12, 13 range, have a similar number of targets. And then um, I think he could have an increase in his, touchdown receptions too with Stafford. So I think he's I I look at those two as being similar, but I think I like the upside with Woods more. I can see him yeah. He also gets touches yeah. in the he running he games. also gets touches in the running game. So I just think yeah. I see him having more upside as Johnson, but they're yeah. two guys who could easily, you know, be right next to each other.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: And I, I won't disagree with that. I like Woods uh better than better than Johnson. I you mean know, I haven't Tiered similarly, but you know Woods is more towards the top of that that uh, platform tier of, of players versus Johnson's more in that middle to the bottom of that same tier. But same kind of deal. Like I, it's a guy that I like that I think is going to have a good season, and he will, you know, probably be in that right around wide receiver sixteen to twenty by the end of the year. I mean, and that's not far off from where he was last year. Last year, I think he was what, like wide receiver twenty one last year. I mean, I see his his uh, skill set going up a little bit. I think there's going to be more uh, production out of him. And he had 144 targets, only 88 catches. Um, if a few more of those, I, I would. I don't have the the on target uh, uh, stats in front of me, but if that even just increases as, by like. Two one or two catches a game, um, we're talking a hundred catch guy.
0: Sure. Well, I think we've uh, again we've this year we've spent some solid time on. Anything else uh, that we got? You know, any big, any kind of sleepers you guys have, or anybody you want to focus on for these last few minutes of our podcast today?
1: Yeah, I think I think someone who I who kind of before we got in the preseason I was taking a lot was Jamar Chase. I think I was taking him kind of in the early 20s for wide receiver. And now I, I feel like it's kind of hard to draft him as a wide receiver three. He he almost seems like a wide receiver four, wide receiver five in fantasy.
2: Yeah. He'll definitely have the upside that, that maybe later on in the season he'll be able to do some producing uh, for you. But he's been out of the league. Didn't he not play college last year? So he's been out of football for a few years. I mean, yeah, we're seeing him drop the ball a lot in the preseason. Thankfully, it's preseason. uh, And so that's not going to have as much of an effect on things. But he doesn't exactly have a very favorable schedule. I mean, some of his most favorable games are going to be earlier on in the season. Um, And then it just gets tougher as as the season goes on so I mean I could see him being someone that at the end of this year people are going to be like man why did I why did they draft Jamar Chase they should have drafted the lineman. their line is atrocious um, but that is, uh, that is also just going to fuel the number of passing plays that they're going to have to do as well um,
1: I think the other thing it does re- I think I'm you know thinking about Chase I think I might move Higgins and even Tyler Boyd up quite a bit based on you know where i had been drafting them because i think if yeah if chase doesn't get kind of 120 targets you were expecting him to get or kind of hoping him for him to get right. i think you know boyd's targets could increase by like 20 30 40 and
0: oh boy i think boyd is the wide receiver out of that whole group i'm giving you know whether that be a bold statement or not i think he absolutely is he's the slot guy he will be the slot guy slot guys typically have more targets but he's He can. He's proven he can score touchdowns. He's proven he can catch the damn ball. Right. He's the guy in that wide receiver group for me.
2: Especially at the cost of Boyd versus the cost of some of these other guys. I mean, you can get Boyd in like the what seventh to tenth round, depending on the draft. Uh, Whereas with Higgins and Chase, you're gonna have to. I mean, at least the way that it's been going, you're spending a somewhere. As early as fourth round to the seventh round for those other guys? I mean, give me Boyd later on at the cost.
1: Yeah, I think right now Higgins is going, you know, end of the fifth, early sixth, where Boyd's going kind of end of the eighth round. So at, at that, like, Boyd seems like a really good value in the Cincinnati office, especially with the bad offensive line and, you know, Burrow not really sounding like he's comfortable or fully healed. He can be doing a lot of checkdowns to the slot receiver.
0: Yeah. No. You know, um, I think a, uh, a, as we're talking about teams like this, I think something that is interesting to bring up and something to talk about a little bit before we end tonight is there's some teams that uh, are very interesting when it comes to their wide receiver groups. For example, Detroit. I don't know that there's a whole lot of guys that are draftable there. Uh, the Las Vegas. You know, outside of Waller, I don't know. There's a whole lot of guys that I'm looking at saying, Ooh, I can't wait to draft, you know, you know, whoever Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Edwards. Edwards. Yeah. Brian Edwards, you know, off those teams. I think there's some teams that people avoid, but if they're, if they do have a guy like, like one guy I wanted to bring up that I think could be a surprise this year. It was Armand St. Brown. He's a rookie for Detroit. Um, I think Detroit's going to be losing games. Goff is—he's gonna throw the ball a lot in that offense, and he could be a guy that could get—he could surprise a lot of people, right? He could be the what? What's the bottom tier—the club soda, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. you know,
0: I—I I don't think in most ADPs that Armand St. Brown's even being drafted. Right? I was
2: gonna say Amon but, Ra- but, okay, go. Armand Ra St. Brown is kind of
0: more—he's he, like the
2: uh, um, the moonshine. He's the he moon. Just, okay, whatever exact, you want to he, he could just explode, right, yeah. and be this thing that like is like just beautiful to watch. Um, yeah. But he could also, you know, just like make you go blind because of how bad it is.
0: Well, and I well. think that's that's the point, right? So and then you got like you know what is it, Henry Ruggs last year for Las Vegas injured all yeah. year, and I know John, you were big on him at one point last year, but like there's there's players like that that I think yeah. Are I think Bateman an interesting person to debate, right? I don't know that there's much of a debate for St. Brown. I think he,
2: I think you're right on in saying that he's he's maybe the guy um, that's going to do a lot more with his opportunities that he's going to be given in Detroit. Um, and the the biggest question mark is really going to be the quarterback play. Um, is Golf going to be quote, like you know Super Bowl? going to the super bowl type of golf or is he going to be what we've seen more recently? Um, and, and, you know, St. Brown could have that big upside. I mean, they're going to be throwing a lot. They're going to be down a lot. And so he's going to be given a lot of opportunities and, and not a bad lottery ticket that be taken in that, in the late rounds of the draft.
1: Um, yeah. I think those are the, like him, the Terrace Marshall, the Bateman, the guys who yeah. take kind of, Last round, or right before you take a kicker, who you know, maybe you drop them week one, you just kind of see how they play for the first couple of weeks. And those are kind of the rotating guys who could be kind of your your late pickups or your right. Your, He's going to be in the first that, week pickups like or your Rondell kind
2: of, Moore, yep, Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore type of a, a tier. In terms of you're going to take them late and they could just boom and, and be that, you know, like, a, like we said, the uh the moonshine that that explodes for you um one other guy to, to throw out there joshua palmer um he's a charger wide receiver he he could potentially be wide receiver two in that high passing offense um so someone to just kind of these are names to kind of keep an eye on um and if you have a deeper bench throw them on the end of your bench or you know hit that follow button that that some websites have. uh, So he's on like a little short list so you can pick them up really easy going into the season. Um,
0: Yeah, and that's what we've said this before, you know, when you're thinking draft strategies, and we're diving into a little bit of this stuff here, but when you're thinking draft strategies, a lot of people have always kind of said like, okay, you know, how many running backs are really startable, right? Arguably there is probably 16 running backs that are, Running back one, running back twos for sure. And then another six to eight that are kind of like, well, they're not necessarily RB2, but their points say that they are. And, you know, whatever. So running backs are valued so high for those top 16 picks. But in wide receivers, like we're talking about a few people here. Like, if you're looking at your draft strategy, you're not sure, do I take a wide receiver here or do I get this last running back on the list? Like, I'm sorry, part of me is like, take the last running back on the list. You might be able to pick up a wide receiver in week four and get great production out of him. All right. I mean, look at what happened with uh, with Justin Jefferson.
2: He did nothing the first couple of weeks. They, the Vikings didn't play much, and then all of a sudden, what, week three, week four, they're like, okay, we're we're going to throw you out there now. Um and that, that could just be a, a that could have just been a side effect in a sense of having no preseason. Uh Justin Jefferson maybe had those first couple games as like a preseason. Let's make sure that you know the offense, all that kind of stuff. And then boom, all of a sudden he's going for fourteen hundred yards. Um you could see the same sort of thing happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen with each one of these players, or that any one of them are going to be the same production value that you were able to get out of Jefferson from last season. But you could see a, a good amount of like flex worthy, maybe depending on the the week, uh, a decent wide receiver too, in terms of what guy like Saint Brown can give you that that Bateman can produce for you. Um, Bateman's a guy that's been out, uh, not doing a lot of practice. He got hurt. Uh, at one point in the preseason but he's still being talked about as maybe the best wide receiver from this class uh, especially given what we're seeing from jamar chase uh so far and, and he's going to be on a better offense potentially so just a couple
0: guys to keep keep your eye on in a sense that way well better offense with a much worse throwing quarterback right uh, compared to burrow okay. but whatever right um yeah, well, I think let's wrap this up. So let's, I, everybody, pick. Let's do it this way. This might be kind of a fun way to wrap up our, our rankings and tiers. That hopefully, everybody's kind of listened and, and heard everything else that we've done on these so far. The quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, wrapping up here with the, the wide receivers. Um, pick a wide receiver. Give us a little insight, and, uh, and then leave it at that. And we'll we'll end with three three wide receivers we haven't talked about yet um, that you'd like to have an opinion on, and then we'll wrap up.
2: John, you want to head it first.
1: Yeah, I think one person I don't know if we talked about is Marvin Jones. I think, you know, watch, watch a. Injury. He just took he's, my guy. He just gotten, took my guy. He's gotten the last couple of days. But if I've, for some reason, I've watched all the Jake's preseason games this year, and he just looks like the only target that Trevor Lawrence wants to throw to. I mean, he, he just looks like his safety blanket. So I think if he can, you know, get healthy and stay healthy, he could be that kind of late round surprise who, you know, might carry you for, you know, four or five weeks before he kind of gets comfortable with the other receivers. Yeah. He literally just took the one guy. I was like, oh, I'm going to say something about him.
0: <laughs> but I, you know, John, I think uh, Chenault might still end up being the number one guy there, but just because um, and like, just because he's may not be the number one guy doesn't mean he's going to bring value in a team that more likely is going to be throwing the ball. If they're losing games uh, a good bit, Bobby, yeah, I who's think your it's,
1: guy? A, it's a question of I don't know that Marvin Jones will be there. I don't think he'll be their number one receiver at the end of the year, but I think early in the year, I think he's the guy who could, Trevor Lawrence could rely on. And I think he, you know, he could, you know, like Jamison Crowder last year had a great six weeks. He could have that great six week run for the start of the year. Bobby, who do you got?
2: um one guy that i want to talk about he actually used to be a very highly drafted wide receiver um he's on a good passing offense as well and you might not believe it but again at the price that you're gonna have to get for him that you're gonna have to spend for him um you're probably going to be very happy with with what you look at here um i'm talking about antonio brown when he finally came in to that offense, um, he had 62 targets, 45 catches, 483 yards, and four touchdowns. Chris Godwin, who's going much, much higher in drafts, 55 targets, 40 receptions, 561 yards, and five touchdowns. A little bit more yards, one more touchdown, which are a little bit fluky but their statistics are, are very comparable. And you're telling me that Godwin's going to cost me a third round pick, but I can get Antonio Brown who, yeah, he's 33. He's getting up there in age, but him and uh, him and Brady had a connection there. Uh, that's part of why he got brought in and why he you know also got to stay afterwards as well um, was because of that production that he was able to give to that team. And he is – Again, he's getting the same opportunities and I can get him probably in that round 7 through 10. Um, gotta definitely take a stab at, especially if he can return any kind of value that way. Good. I like it.
0: Alright, I'm going to read off some stats and I'm going to see if you guys can one guess each. If you can guess who this guy is. we have I don't think we've hardly even mentioned him in any of our podcasts. I wouldn't call him necessarily a sleeper, but kind of maybe getting to that round. This guy last year um, played only 12 games, so he was hurt for, for four games he was out, so 12 active weeks, 60 catches, 748 yards, five touchdowns, ran the ball in for two touchdowns on six total carries for 77 yards. Average during a five-game span last year, 12.6 targets per game. Name the wide receiver. Um. We want to go pretty
2: soon. Are you... Yeah, we're, we're finishing up here, Dad. Dad's here. Oh, the dad.
0: The dad's, dad's there. Here. I hey, like it. Yo, how's it going, man? It's going good, Dad. You
1: ready hey, for uh, the draft
2: tonight? Here's what you'll hear tomorrow on or tonight when it's my draft pick. I'm going to say, is Tommy Kramer still available?
0: <laughs> and there you go.
2: <laughs> the buzzers take
0: quarterback of
2: all time Viking lore. Tommy Kramer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I Every single time. That. I love it. All right. Any guesses at who I just described statistically? John, you got any idea? Galladay. What? Not Galladay. He played less than 12 games last year. Good uh, thought, though, because he was injured. I know you love Galladay. Uh-huh.
2: Um, I- I'm thinking – so he ran in two touchdowns. Uh huh. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Let's hear it. I really like it. Brandon Ayuk.
0: Brandon Ayuk, that's the guy. I'm gonna leave it at that with him. I'm not gonna go any further on my thoughts on him. At the end of the day, there's enough with San Francisco's offense that is questionable, but he's just a guy. Something interesting. Second year dude. Leave it at that. We'll end it there.
2: Yeah. Uh, I like that pick, Joe. I, I really do. Um, the Like you said, the question mark being how much are the 49ers going to be a pass in the ball and how much will they spread it out amongst uh, him and Samuel plus their tight end uh, with Kittle.
0: So yeah. I like, do you know how I said I'm going to leave it there and Bobby just couldn't. He had to say something more. <laughs> right. You can leave it
2: there. Oh, I'm gonna keep talking. That's what
0: I did. All right. Keep um, anything else before we wrap up today, guys? No. Good luck, everyone. This was our uh, last
2: tier or last rankings of players. Definitely hit us up on our social media. Um, send us some emails. You can always get us out at um, Fan or uh, Football OTR. At Gmail and on any of the social media sites, we are at Football OTR.
0: Alrighty, Johnny. Any last sign off?
1: No, I think that covers it. Covers it.
0: Bye.